All right. I love it, man. I love sending people out to the nations. It's a part of our calling. And hey, just a few little family uh, announcements. Um, in two weeks is World Mandate 2022. And uh, if you have never been, this is your year. If you've been b- before, I want to encourage you to re-up. Uh, especially young families um, with your kiddos. Um, So many of our kids, uh, our own children, let alone uh, our people that are serving around the world, were spoken to by God as a seven-year-old or a nine-year-old or a 12-year-old in World Mandate, worshiping with us in that environment together. This year we have Francis Chan coming, dear friend. He's going to be leading us out. Lindy Kofer, who's an incredible worship leader. If you haven't heard her worship, you can go to Spotify. She is such a, a leader in, in what God's doing in the now around the world. Uh, we have Tracy Evans, who lives in Mozambique and works with uh, uh, so many different people and sees the power and grace of God. But her testimony is so powerful about how Jesus met her that you'll feel like you're not a Christian when it's over. So that's not your goal. It's the goal that those faith stories, though, are the stories that our kids remember um, that moved beyond just what the norm was. So whether whether you're called here in Waco or called around the world, you want to join us as we just re-solidify. It's going to be our 10-year celebration for Unbound, Acts of Mercy. I promise you, you want to be here. Uh, And again, want to encourage the families especially. And then also this week, we have our three days of prayer and fasting. Where, where, Where is the shout out? Come on. This is where we create a space. We set aside food to seek God and meet with him. And let me encourage you, if you need a breakthrough, if you've been praying, if you've been reading the word, if you've been talking to people, one of those other tools is fasting, where we set aside food, we give God room to, uh, to break through. Jesus said this, some things only come out by, by prayer and fasting. And we'll be meeting every day, take a meal, excuse me, take all three days, but whatever you do, participate, be with us. I will have prayer meetings six, noon and six, as well as other hours. You can come into the prayer room anytime. Um, and then on Thursday night, we'll have a rally in here. And if you thought the worship was good this morning and rich, we are going to go for it and minister to the Lord until it seems right to pray. But I encourage you and your family to be a part of these opportunities where God is moving in our midst. All righty. Hey, one other little thing. Did everybody get this card that just fell on my hand when you got in? Establishing a house of prayer, Lord's Prayer. We're going through it together. God has been working with us and teaching and leading us, and it'll be no different uh, this morning as we jump into his word. Hey, um, I was reminded this week of something that I used to do. Everybody say, he used to do that. All right, here's the deal. I would lose my keys fairly regularly, especially when the kids were smaller. And, um, and invariably, I would run around the house looking for my keys, and um, the first person I would blame would be Laura, right? My poor wife. Where did you put my keys? As if she had control over my keys. I did. She said, I would say, where did you put my keys? And as I'm running around, can you need to help me find my keys? I got to get out the door. And then I would go through each of the children. Abby, where did you put my keys? Lauren, where did you put my keys? Caleb, where did you put my keys? And I would go to Daniel and then I'd go to the dog, right? Uh, somebody took my keys. Surely I didn't lose my keys. One of you guys have lost my keys. 
And invariably what would happen would be uh, as I'm running around and Laura's just walking directly to where they are because they're right in front of my face, she'll just be standing there. Are you looking for these? And I'll grab my keys. Thank you. I knew you had them. And then I would go on to on the, out the door. Remember, I used to do that, right? Jimmy used to do that. Now, um, I am more aware these days that I am responsible for my keys, and I lost them this weekend. I needed to be in several places at the same time. Very difficult because I only have one key, so you can pray for me to find those keys today. Um, but now it's turned from blaming everybody else to, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my brother, not my sister, Lord, it's me, oh Lord. There you go. That's a good song to pray about everything in your life. But what I've realized is this, when it comes to literal prayer, God has given us the keys to the kingdom. And so many times we say, I don't know how to pray, I don't know how to do that, but it's literally right in front of us how to pray. In the word of God are scriptures, promises, and the very things we need called keys to the kingdom that we can activate and learn how to pray. You do not have to feel lost all the time. You do not feel, have to feel lost in your spiritual walk. God has taught us how to pray. Luke 11 has been a scripture we've been in the last couple of weeks. It starts off this way. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, everybody say certain place. Have you found your certain place yet? Hopefully you have certain place and certain time. That music means we're all going to pray here in just a moment. This is our certain place today. After he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. They had seen him pray. They, they had watched him pray. They'd seen the power of his life and his intimacy with the Father after he prayed. And they said, we want that. We want what we see, Jesus, from you. And so Jesus then leads them in to what we call the Lord's Prayer. So I want everybody to stand. This is going to be a participatory service today. And I want us to read together the Lord's Prayer. And my hope is that you will have this down by the time we finish our journey. It says this. Read, sing it, say it with me. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Woo! You can have a seat. We just turned one of the keys to the kingdom. If you were with us last week, we talked about that clarity point where they asked Jesus how to pray, and where did Jesus take them? He took them to the Father. The first part of that uh, uh, prayer, our Father who art in heaven, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus takes us to the Father. What I want to do here is a little thing that we did last week again. I want to take you through coming to the Father through the Word of God. 
Isaiah 53 is a prophetic prophecy of Jesus and of, of the, him going to the cross and bearing your sin and my sin. It's amazing that 700 years before the cross, we have this prophetic word describing so clearly what would happen to Jesus, which would ultimately be that very thing that would be the door to allow us to come into the presence of the Father. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to highlight these scriptures. It's going to come up on the board, and I'm going to take you through these scriptures. And what the way I've done this for years and years is I just picture myself sitting in front of the cross, seeing Jesus hanging there on my behalf. And I go over these scriptures, and I just engage and enter in. I'm going to take you there. You can go there with me. If you just need to close your eyes, that's fine. If you want to go through the word with me and see how I do this. But let's go to the Father. Speaking of Jesus hanging on the cross, Isaiah prophesies, Surely our griefs, He Himself. Man, every anytime I see the Lord, I just circle it. He Himself. He bore our grief and He bore our sorrows and He carried them. Would you just take a moment and bring this week's grief and sorrow? Or it may be a lifetime of grief and sorrow. But would you just see Jesus hanging on the cross, looking at you with compassion and his sacrifice being a provision for your grief, your sorrows, your anxieties right now. So Lord, we come and unload our cares. next verse, yet we ourselves have steamed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. As I meditate on the cross, I just realized, Lord, I didn't understand. I don't understand. Show me your ways, God. Open up my eyes. Open my ears. Open my heart to see the power of the cross. Let me see today, God. But he, Jesus, was pierced through for our transgressions. Jesus, as he hung on the cross, he was crushed for our iniquities. And the chasing for our well-being fell upon him. Wow. When I look at the cross and I meditate on this, he was pierced through for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. In my mind's eye, I always see after his last breath, they took a sword, they pierced his side, and blood and water flowed out of his side. And I just picture myself being washed in the blood and the water. Thank you that you were pierced for my sin, for my weakness. Thank you, Jesus. Just may the blood and water flow again today over my heart and my mind. He's enough, my friends. He's enough. he is washing us and we are meditating on the cross it says and by his scourging we are healed this speaks of before he was hung on the cross he was beaten 39 times whipped and lashed and as he held onto that pole the flesh on his back was ripped open many theologians believe his ribs were cracked but as he hung onto that pole he said Lord heal them let these stripes, let this scourging and this beating 
that I am taking, Lord, may it be returned for their healing. And I just get overwhelmed, God. Thank you for healing me. My mind, my heart, my body. Many times I just put people's names in the place of that. Jesus allowed himself to be beaten so that healing might be imparted. Would you just receive that right now? All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Just reiterating again, Lord, we just come with our grief and our sorrows. We come, oh God, under the blood and the water where you were pierced for us. We come and acknowledging the stripes on your back for our healing. And we acknowledge again, Lord, that you literally became the sacrificial lamb, that we can lean on you and transfer all the weight of our sin, past, present, and future. And through your sacrifice and shed blood, you have made a way right into the throne room of God. You have brought us to the Father by your own blood, and we rejoice. We thank you. We thank you. So now that we have acknowledged the cross and the blood of Jesus, so now we step right in to the Father's arms. Psalm 139 speaks of the Father when the psalmist says, You formed me in my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wow. Thank you, Father, that you formed my inward parts, that you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God, I didn't create myself. You created me because you wanted me and you loved me. Even in my mother's womb, God, you wove me together. And I praise you. I give you thanks. You created me because you wanted me. And he created you because he wanted you. Wonderful are your works. And my soul, it knows it very well. My frame, it wasn't hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me. Thank you, Lord, that you wove me together. Thank you, Lord, that you saw my unformed substance. Thank you, Lord, when conception happened, I became a life-giving being and the breath of God was breathed in me. Thank you for my mother and father who chose to keep me and you allowed me to be birthed into this world. And Lord, my days are written in your book, oh God. I give myself again to you, Father, as the Father of love, the Father of creation, the Father who knows all and sees all. Thank you, Father. I am yours. And how precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. And when I am awake, I am still with you. I often wait just in a moment like this and just close my eyes and just say, Lord, 
You have thoughts like the sand on the seashore. What do you want to tell me right now? What do you want to tell me about being your son, about being your daughter? Would you just take a moment? Here's what I do know. He's saying that he loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He's drawn you with cords of loving kindness. He would say, you are mine. And I'll let no one snatch you out of my hand. You're going to make it. I'm with you. I forgive you. I'm faithful to you. Oh, Lord, let your thoughts abundantly be poured out on your children. And thank you that you are a good, good father. You're a good, good father. To you are, to you are, to you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. my father our father who is in heaven hallowed be your name i come through the blood of the cross isaiah 53 i come to the father psalm 139 and then i declare the names of god you are jehovah jireh you are my provider you are jehovah rophe you are my healing you are Jehovah Nisi. You are my banner. I just thank you, Lord, that you're the banner over me all day long. Thank you that you're Jehovah Makedesh. You're the God who sanctifies. Another term, you're the God of holiness. Woo! Can't be holy on my own, but you make me holy by your grace. You are Jehovah Shalom. You are my peace. Man, some of us just need that. Just, you just take a deep breath. We receive your shalom today. We receive you 
as our Father, as our Lord, as our King, and our peace today. You are, Jehovah Rohe, you are my shepherd. Often view my mind, taken him by the hand, now lead me. I want to be led by you. I'm yours. You are my shepherd. You are Jehovah Sidkenu. You are my righteousness. He made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Woo! Shouldn't be, but it is by grace alone. And he's Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there, or I'll say it in present tense, the God who's here. Oh, he's here. He's here. He is our Father. The blood of Jesus has made a way. His names are true. And His names are over us as His people. And so we thank Him. Let's sing together and thank Him. And thank you, Jesus, just as I am, I come. say, man, that church is different. Praise God. We want to interact with the Word of God. We don't just want to hear it. We want to do it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that we've connected to the King, to the rule and reign of God, now we're ready to pray in the kingdom of God. So what is the kingdom of God? Simply stated, the kingdom of God is the sphere of God's rule and reign. (laughs) When we are praying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. God, your rule and reign in my life. Your rule and reign over my sin. Your rule and reign over my fear. Your rule and reign over my son or daughter. Your rule and reign over my business. Your rule and reign over our city. Your rule and reign, God, over every evil thing. May you rule and reign in righteousness. We begin to pray then in God's rule and reign as we connect to him. Now we pray with him that his rule and reign might come everywhere that we go. I love this, where the king is, there is the kingdom. 
And so many times we find ourselves at that place where we, we say, I don't know what to pray. When you don't know what to pray, this is right. Here's a key right in front of you. Just all stand here with the keys. You can come by and get it. And it's uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you're praying the will of God. And when you're praying the will of God, you're partnering with God. And darkness is pushed back and righteousness comes in. So many times when I'm wanting to know how to pray, I want to, I do what I call a T chart. And I think we've got one of those little T charts where I'll say, okay, where there's hate or bitterness or unforgiveness, I said, Lord, bring in your love, the height, the width, and depth, and breadth of it. Let the love of God cover a multitude of sins. And God, I resist and ask you to clear out all hate, anger, bitterness, wrath, malice, and abusive speech. Get rid of evil, God, and bring in the love of God. We might say, faith, wherever there's fear. Here's a great one. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. If you are being led by fear, you're not being led by God. Amen. Let me say that again. If you're being led by fear, you're not being led by God. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So I'm replacing fear with faith. It doesn't mean that we're not to be alert or concerned and that God doesn't give us uh, warnings about things, but we're never to fear. We apply faith in that space and we find victory and grace. So we remove fear, replace faith. Here's the, the huge one of the enemy is the lie. The enemy is called the father of lies. He's constantly accusing us day and night. We have lies in our minds. We have lies in our hearts. We have lies in our culture. So we stand against the lies of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and we call in the truth of God's word to set us free. Whatever lie you're believing, there is a replacement truth by the Spirit of God through the Word of God. And if you feel that you're being lied to or condemned or living in oppression or depression, just literally Google what are the truths of victory over fear, anxiety, and depression, and you'll begin to use, be able to use the Word of God to replace the lies of the enemy. Another deal would be peace versus anxiety. Very common, right? We're anxious. But the scripture said, be anxious for nothing. But in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Woo! Who needs God to guard your heart and your mind? I do. Therefore, I will bring my anxieties to the Lord, rejoice and thank him and trust him to bring a peace that passes all understanding. Joy and depression. Now, let me just make sure, even with anxiety and depression, there are real physical things that many times need to be treated medically. So we are a whole person, body, soul, and spirit. We want to be attentive to every area in our lives. But I want to say, when I'm using this word depression, just that general sense of being down because the world, the flesh, and the devil is lying to me instead of me being clear in the joy of the Lord that God has created me for. Right? Jesus said this in John 15, 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be made full. So when I'm not experiencing the joy of the Lord, that should be a flag that I'm disconnected from God's purpose and destiny for my life. 
Joy does not mean happiness in every circumstance. Joy is that internal revelation that God is with me and there is a hopeful future because his promises are true. My joy is in the Lord, not in my circumstances. Therefore, I can have victory over the enemy. These are prayers to pray. These are right renewal of thoughts. They're the difference between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Now, um, so how do we pray consistently and confidently around these truths of God's word? So let me just put in a good word for God's word. All right. This is infallible. This is breathed by the Holy Spirit. There is power on this word. And when it is declared and spoken into darkness, it accomplishes what it is sent for. So in it, the, the word of God is called the sword of God. This is how we cut through the garbage and how we penetrate darkness with light by declaring the word of God. So back to the keys of the kingdom. You're looking for your keys and how to pray. What you need to do is find a scripture around that need that you are praying for so that there is power released every time you pray. Okay? So let me give you a, a few other little thoughts here. Get my little uh, little doodad here. You already see it marked up. Uh, I'm going to erase it so it's, it's a fresh mark. Oh, I think. Well, I guess I'm not. All right. For the Word of God, this is Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God, it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Woo! If I pick this up and threw it, it might hit somebody and have a certain amount of impact. But what's really happening when I take the truth from this word and in the spirit realm, I pray in the name of Jesus, it literally, literally separates soul and spirit, the Bible says, joint and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and intentions of my heart and all the hearts around me. There's incredible power in the word of God, but it is rarely picked up by the people of God. But that's not us. We're going to pick it up and we're going to use it. Isaiah 55 says this about the word of God. For as the rain and the snow, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bear and sprout, that means bear fruit, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. Wow. Man, okay, I'm going to control myself. Uh, which goes forth from my mouth, right? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It will not return to me empty, but without accomplishing what I desire, says the Lord, and without succeeding in the matter in which I sent it. Okay, so here we go. There is soil out there uh, in people's hearts. God is trying to plant his word in to our hearts and our own devotions. God is trying to plant his word supernaturally when we pray for people because that soil then determines whether the seed plants and it bears fruit. So that's why we're always praying, God, make the soil of my heart soft. 
Make me soft to you. Humble myself before you. I want your word to be planted deeply, and I want it to bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. And I would just say to everybody, just by being here, you're saying, God, I'm open. I, I, I want some help, or I want to gather with the people of God. You're in the right water. You're in the right soil as we gather together in the name of Jesus online as well, as we're gathered here around the word of God. Now let it plant deeply. And what I do when I sit and listen to the word of God, if a scripture hits me, I say, amen. Come on, Lord, do it in me. And as a preacher, I'm great with y'all saying amen every once in a while. All right, it, it helps the preacher too. But the power of the word of God is only as powerful as the soil receives the word of God. And so when we pray for people using the word of God, we pray God soften their hearts that they may receive your word and then we send the scripture or the promise. So if I have a friend dealing with fear, I say, God, surround their heart and mind right now with your abundant grace so they can see and hear your word. Now, Lord, I prayed you didn't give them a spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind. I renounce fear over them, and I speak power, love, and a sound mind. Come on them right now by revelation and power of the Holy Spirit that they might see, hear, and know and move by faith instead of fear in Jesus' name. So I use the word of God. I prayed the saturation of the soil. Then I spoke literally 2 Timothy 1.7 into their situation. And then I thank God that he is moving on behalf of the prayers that were just released through the word of God. You got it? Here's another scripture, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Whoa, I want to talk to God more. He hears us, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. This is the confidence we have. We ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. If we know that he hears us, we know we have that which we ask. So what is his will? His will is the word of God revealed for every situation that we need. So when I pray the word of God, stand on the word of God and in the word of God, then I have confident expectation that God's hearing because I'm in agreement with him. I'm not just trying to get him to do what I want him to do. I'm trying to seek his heart, his mind through his word and then use that as a place of agreement. Listen, when you agree with God about something, it is going to come to pass. Where you're trying to get God to agree with something you want, I can't guarantee it. There's some Bible verses about that in James 4 for another day. But here's the, here's the deal. So that therein lies the power of prayer is praying the word of God and the will of God and then waiting patiently for it to be fulfilled. It says in Hebrews 6, verse 12, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. So God has promises from his word over your life, over your family, over your friends, over the city. He has things that he wants to accomplish. He's looking for intercessors to agree with his purpose and his plans, to pray those into being. And he's looking for humble servants to receive that word implanted so that it can bear fruit and get to its intended outcome. 
All right? Now, I've done this before, but let me just take you in a, a little bit of how Laura and I prayed for our family and continue to pray, but especially these were lessons we learned growing up. So it began with what I call the overreaching promises of God around the fear of the Lord. And I've, a few of them would be this, Psalm 128. If I fear the Lord, if you fear the Lord, speaking to the man in this context, if you fear the Lord, your wife will be like a fruitful vine and your children will be like olive branches around the table. So if I fear God, the promise seems to be that God, that Laura will be fruitful in the spirit and maybe naturally as well. And then then the children will be like olive branches around the table. Our kids will be anointed by God. If I fear the Lord, righteousness will extend to generation after generation. That's three generations at least, maybe four, if we contend and we fear the Lord. If I fear the Lord, greatly delight in his commands, then our children will be mighty on the earth. If we fear the Lord, all our children will be taught of the Lord. The well-being of our children will be great. If we fear the, the, the Lord, our daughters will be as quarter pillars fashioned for a palace. Our sons as mature plants in their youth. If I fear the Lord, our children will find refuge under the shelter of God's wings. Now, when I declare those morning by morning, there's only one variable in there, me fearing the Lord. <laughs> God's promises are not in question. I'm in question. So I'm not blaming my kids for foolishness. I'm dealing with me and I'm contending for the high ground as they're learning to grow in fear of the Lord right? Now, I just need to say this ahead of time before I go into the rest of and finish up the message here. If you're struggling or your kids are struggling, there is grace. And if you say, well, I didn't do that and my kids are struggling, there's grace today. And there's always a new day. There's always grace. And God wants the best for your children and the best for you. And therefore, today's a great day to pick up the ball again and pick up the word of God and begin to declare his goodness. So a few examples of, of how we did this. Um, our oldest daughter, Abby, what, I would, what, what we get is a promise for her. And out of Isaiah 49, kind of one through three, we, this was a promise when she was born. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named me. He has also made me a select arrow. He has made, hidden me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant Israel in whom I will show my glory. And so every day of her life, I have prayed, may Abby be a servant from the womb for your glory and for your people in Jesus' name. Very simple promise. Well, if you know Abby, that's who she is. She's a servant-hearted person. We didn't know that, but maybe she, maybe, maybe she wasn't, but has become that just through getting this prayed over every day. But she's a delightful servant. That's her heart. She lives in Washington, D.C. That's not the nations of the earth. Well, it might be to, to me it is, actually. It's another nation. So the, they live in Washington, D.C. She's serving the Lord there. God's used her in different parts around the world. But whatever God, however God chooses to work it out, I'm convinced that she's going to be a servant to the Lord whose servanthood touches the nations of the earth. That's our banner's promise over her. Then we have our today need for her. Her today need as a mom of a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and one on the way is Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Come to me all who are weary, heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble of heart. You shall find rest for your souls. I've been praying that for two years. As a young mom with the challenges, Lord, may she find rest. May she find strength. Might she find hope. Might she find help. So we have the long play promise 
And then we have the now need from the Holy Spirit. And of course, we get prayer requests almost daily. I need this. We need God to do this. Help, pray for this kid and whatever. We're able to pray specifically around today's needs, but God gives us banner promises. So I believe every day as we speak the word of God over her life, something's released by the power of the Holy Spirit that she'll be a servant and she'll be strengthened by the grace of God. Okay. Another one would be uh, Caleb. And uh, it's wonderful because I get to embarrass him. He's here today. So, uh, <laughs> Caleb, we, from the beginning, we got the scripture uh, speaking uh, um, in uh, Luke 2.52 that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and men. Of course, we can pray that over each of your kids in your own life. But we felt specifically to pray that over Caleb. There were days we needed a lot of faith for that scripture to come to pass. Wisdom and stature, favor with God and men. But so that is a life verse over him, and that's what we have prayed over him. And um, one of the uh, unique things of that journey, it's uniquely wisdom and stature. So stature was a struggle for Caleb. And so uh, he was a little smaller in his freshman year. He was five feet tall. And, um, and in the small school that he went to, everybody played varsity. And we kind of said, I don't think that's a good idea. When five feet, 90 pounds meets 250, I don't think that's a, just physics doesn't work out. Why don't we pause this year? So the next year he was 5'1", 100 pounds, and of course, now he's ready. So we, uh, so <laughs> uh, that year he fractured his ankle, and he went to the orthopedist, and they looked everything over, and they, they looked at the growth plate, and, and he said, well, I think that's going to heal fine. The growth plate shows he's going to be about 5'4". Now, if you are 5'4", and a man of God, praise God. It's not all about external stature, but for us, it was, right, wisdom and stature, favor with God and man, and Caleb, and we didn't feel that that stature, 5'4", was kind of the end game. So we prayed like crazy. I literally prayed, God, wisdom and stature, give the guy another inch. Come on, Lord, give him. I said, 5'8", give him 5'8". Well, by the time, probably you were a freshman in college, I guess, he was 5'8 and three quarters. And his driver's license says 5'9". We'll just have to check the honesty of that. But... It, <clears throat> That was a fun promise to pray, but of course what we're more interested in is favor with God in the presence of the Lord, favor with the people that he serves. So we have our long play promise and then a now promise for Caleb. Been praying over this whole last year, Colossians 1, 9 and 10. God, fill him with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and understanding that have a walk worthy of you, perfectly pleasing you in every good work and bearing fruit in it. So as he's making decisions for the future, we've been praying for the now, fill him with wisdom, knowledge uh, today and understanding. So you see what I'm saying? I've got a long play promise. So I have faith every day, even when we don't see it all. And then I'm praying daily daily for the now, fill in with the knowledge your will. And then that lays the table for, okay, I've got a big event coming up. I need some prayer cover here. I'm sick or whatever. We can pray the word of God into the now issues, but we've laid a table of promise and power through the word of God. So everybody out there, moms and dads, you have the keys. Friends, you have the keys through the word of God. And if you don't know what to pray, which scripture to pray, just Google it. So if you say, I need prayer for victory over anxiety, you'll get about 20 scriptures. You said, what if I choose the wrong one? And I said, well, it's the word of God. They're probably all good. So take one, start there and work your way from there. All right, a couple more things and we'll end. 
How about little grandson, Jesse? So I pray over Jesse every day, Isaiah 61. He'd bind the brokenhearted, set the captives free, and give freedom to prisoners. And then we drop down to verse four and it says that he'll be a repairer of the breach in the streets which dwell, that he'll be a, a, a repairer of the breach in his generation. So we've got this little guy, he's 18 months old, but I'm already praying, bind the brokenhearted, set the captive free, you know, uh, for the glory of God, it'd be a repairer in your lifetime. Well, golly, you better start now because he'll need it then, right? So then what is the now thing? At the now need of his life is to learn to obey his parents. So we're praying Ephesians 6, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your mother and father, which is the first command with the promise that may be well with you and may live long on the earth. Great scripture, right? So we have a promise for little Jesse and then we have a now prayer of a learning obedience by the grace of God. So we pray over ourselves, we pray over our family, we pray over our friends, and maybe I'll just do one uh, last one. We pray, as you'll see, under kingdom come and will be done on your prayer card that I know everybody's using. Uh, looking forward to, if you're not, man, take it up. Take the challenge this week. And you can fill in scriptures around the things that uh, God, people that God has in your life. But I pray for many of our city officials, political officials, government officials. And here's what I pray. And I would personalize this one uh, to my friends, uh, Dylan Meek, who's the mayor of Waco, and Amin Corazal is the mayor of Woodway. Um, they would be examples of what I would pray, people that I would pray for consistently. And I would pray this out of Isaiah 11. I think they have it up there on the screen. The spirit of the Lord will rest on Dylan on me today. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Dylan and Amin will delight in the fear of the Lord. They will not judge by what their eyes see or decide by what their ears hear, but with righteousness they will judge the needy. With justice he will give them decisions for the poor of the earth. Woo! Now, I know these guys, they want to honor God. They are in the position they're in there by God's choosing. So why not join with God and them and partner that they'd have wisdom, counsel, understanding, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord with righteousness they would judge the poor of the earth. Boom! They're waking up with that word being sent out and, on those, and as they receive it with a good heart, then they find themselves in a meeting. Where did I get that wisdom? Where did I get that a knowledge and insight. Wow. And I know these men, they would acknowledge the Lord. God is giving wisdom, but it's not just because of their prayers, but because we're praying for them. That's what the scripture says. Pray for all who are in authority because that's just stupid not to. <laughs> if there are authority over you, why not pray for them that God would activate their hearts? They might be saved, changed, transformed, but they know the Lord filled with the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of God for the glory of God. Amen. All right, you can do this. You have the keys. Here they are. Just come on by just whenever you're ready. The word of God is the keys to the kingdom. And when you have the word of God, you have power in your prayer life. Well, let me end with one uh, last story. Uh, I've shared this on a few occasions. Many years ago, uh, uh, someone came up to us and said they had a word that they wanted to give to us first because it was kind of a challenging word for our fifth grader at the time, Lauren, our second child, our daughter. And they said, you know, I really feel like the Lord is saying that um, Lauren's going to struggle with drugs and alcohol and rough relationships, but, but don't fear. What, what? We're already fearing. What are you saying? Uh, <laughs> uh, don't fear because she's going to come through it and she'll find the Lord on the other side. 
Now, let me pause for a minute and say, if you've experienced that or one of your kids have experienced that, there is grace from God. And we're believing God, bring them back. God, set them free. God, show mercy in the midst of the prodigal journey. God is in the business of bringing prodigals home. So be encouraged. But we weren't in that situation. We were in a position of a fifth grader who was not doing any of that. And Laura and I went back after that thought, we thought, what does that produce in us? That word, quote unquote, that somebody had, it produces fear. Fear is not from God. What is the promise of God that if we fear the Lord, righteousness will extend to our children and children? What, what is the promise of God that Lauren will be a woman of purity, a woman of faith, a woman uh, of excellence? With all these promises we had in our life, and we just said, you know what? There's nothing in that that is the will of God for her. So we are going to stand on the will of God for her, rejoice over her, pray over her, contend for her. Yes, we'll stay close to her, but we do not have to fear because if we fear, then we'll start making decisions that are not God's leadership. But we're going to trust him and we're going to pray. And as we prayed, of course, you know, if you know Lauren, she went through junior high, high school. That's never been an issue, never been a problem. She's a mom with two beautiful kids today, loves Jesus with all of her heart. But I'm so glad we didn't bow to fear, but we chose faith and promises as a declaration. All right, let's stand together. Our prayer teams can come to the front. Prayer team's up top as well. Hey, listen, wherever you are today, th th here's the deal. The Bible says that the truth will set you free, but it also says, this, says the spirit will break the yoke. So what happens is we have truth, Lord willing, the truth which is spoken to you, you can take this and run with this and it'll be power in your life. It'll, it'll strengthen and renew your mind and your heart. But sometimes that heaviness seems too much. Like, in our mental capacity, we think, I want to believe the truth, but it's just, I'm just so overwhelmed. And that's where the scripture says God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And one way that we humble ourselves, excuse me, is coming for prayer. If you need prayer, if you need the yoke broken, if you need some strength and some help over a mental challenge, maybe it's a heart or sin struggle. Maybe it's a physical issue for physical healing. The scripture says that we lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And we always pray for the sick and we always pray for one another in the midst of our struggles. Maybe you have a son or a daughter who's a prodigal and you need somebody to believe with you and agree with you. Scripture says that two or three agree on anything in my name is done by my Father who's in heaven. Don't fight your battle alone. God's given you a body and he's given you people to agree with. Maybe you're in a struggle right now for your own marriage. And I know that God wants to do a work this morning as we pray for one another. So I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would be released to accompany his word with power to minister to our hearts and our minds. And if you're in the sound of my voice and you don't know Jesus or you're online and you don't know Jesus, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I'm going to pray a prayer even as I am praying. And if you need to know Jesus, you can pray this prayer with me. So you're responding to the Lord right where you are. You're coming down for prayer or you're agreeing with me right now to come to Jesus. Spirit of the living God, come. Pour out your anointing to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, and to give freedom to prisoners. As we humble ourselves and come for prayer, I pray that 
your Holy Spirit would break the yoke of heaviness and begin to set people free. If you need to know Jesus and you're in the sound of my voice, would you pray this simple prayer with me? Lord Jesus, just pray it with me if you need to know him. Lord Jesus, I need you. I give my life to you. I believe you died on the cross for me. You're disagreeing with the work of Jesus. I believe you rose from the dead. Just pray it with me. I believe you made a way to the Father just for me. So I give my life to you. I give my life to you. I am yours right now. I give my life to you. I am yours. I am yours. If you just prayed that simple prayer, please, please go to one of our prayer teams up there. Get a friend to come with you down here. Let us know so we can walk with you. We're going to seal this with worshiping God together as the guys lead us.